Okay, hey guys, welcome to the Good Podcast. I am Rob Watson, and in today's episode, I'm speaking with contemporary abstract expressionist artist, uh, Michelle Sakai, who is based over in New York City. Um, her paintings reference the teachings of transformational art um, with a real focus on light and energy, um, you know, and using spontaneous strokes as well to serve as a vehicle for healing and peace. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to this chat. Um, everyone, listen to this podcast knows that I'm a designer myself so I'm very interested in the arts but also the healing power of creativity so um thank you for Michelle for speaking with me today absolutely thank you for having me so for anyone who's new to your work do you want to just tell us a little bit about it and your approach and be interesting to hear Sure. So I work uh, really intuitively. I work with oils on metal leafing. So I metal leaf my entire canvas before I paint on it. And it and sometimes there's um, several layers of metal leafing and several layers of oil paint. Um, but everything is intuitive. And I really don't, I may have an idea before I before I start creating, but I don't necessarily know exactly what it is I'm going to paint until I approach the canvas and I just kind of dive in. Um, I So I don't do sketching, I don't, you know, and, and I have a background um, as a plein air painter. So I spent 20 years um, landscape painting, which was um, the best teacher, I believe, for, you know, mother nature really just being out, um, outside and having to translate exactly what you're seeing and feeling in the moment and taking a three-dimensional uh, subject matter and putting it onto a two-dimensional canvas was um, it was great learning. Um, and then there came a point where I wanted to go deeper as an artist. And um, I say like, you know, the muse became internal. So I stopped searching for things to paint and just allowed whatever I was feeling within come out to the surface. So um, it became a deeper meaning for myself and um, also really healing. Um, and I can go into that um, later, but I think, you know, it's interesting because the whole time I was a painter and the entire time I was always working with oils and um, the metal leafing did develop, but it's interesting how when I made the switch, it was like a new medium. And it was like, I was a, a new a painter for the first time, if that makes sense. Um, so, and oil with oils, you know, for all you artists listening, it's, it's, it's a lifetime of learning um, to work with them. It's, it's, it's such a um, deep medium and, um, you know, not to say the other mediums aren't, you know, as, I don't know, um, beautiful and, you know, acrylics and watercolors, but um, there's something with oil oils that uh, is a lifetime of learning. Um, and so, yeah, in a nutshell, <laughs> that's, that's how I work. That sounds good. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was um, overcoming kind of creative blocks, but it sounds if you um, just have kind of got yourself out of the way a little bit and have become much more intuitive in your approach, then maybe you don't have creative blocks as much because of the, your approach. Yeah. So I think with the creative blocks, I, 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 
you know, I hear this a lot. Um, luckily I haven't experienced that, but I, I think because I work, I try to work authentically. Um, I'm basically just trying to translate. I'm kind of the translator with what I'm feeling intuitively and what I put onto the canvas. So I'm basically just channeling, right? The, the higher self or my soul within myself onto the canvas. So I kind of put my, I tried to, you know, put my thinking brain aside, which is right, our ego and, um, and work straight from a soul level, if that makes sense. So I think the creative blocks, I think is very meant is mental. Um, and I think if you, you know, for me, taking a deep breath before I work and just aligning myself with the, with the higher part, the higher self within me, um, then I'm no longer in that thinking mode. Um, and I'm more in the creative mode, if that makes sense. It's kind of hard to articulate. I think all you artists may understand what I mean in terms of like trying to articulate, you know, how you create, because it's, for me, it's, um, well, first it's, it's just, it's nature for me, you know, it's like breathing, right. It just comes out. So I don't really think about it. Um, but I think the more over the years, um, and I've become more spiritual and more connected to the deeper part of myself, it's been easier and more, the, the art has just been more fluid. So, um, I'm never like sitting there being like, Oh, what should, you know, what should I paint and should it be like this or should it be like that? Because um, I think, I think the, the creative part of myself is, is way smarter than that. <laughs> um, that I, if I trust that part of myself, then um, I don't, I don't have to think about it, if that makes sense. Sorry if I'm, I'm being, if I'm speaking very abstractly, but um, I, you know, because I'm speaking from, you know, someone that used to be a plein air artist where I would spend hours outside and, and even, you know, having my academic background, you know, I, I have my master's from the Academy of Art San Francisco, where we spent hours and hours in the studio and on the drawing horse and I would come home and have to ice my arm from, you know, portrait painting, drawing, you know, and, and hours and hours of that. And it's a very different um, I think switch in your brain of like creating because it's one thing to to look at what's in front of you and translate that what what you're seeing and it's another it's another switch in your brain I think that um, um, that you're aligning with when you're working from within um, so I think the goal in my once I switched the goal from being, you know, how do I take what's in front of me and make it as beautiful and realistic as I can to now, how can I be the most authentic self and how can I be, how can I translate what it is I'm feeling um, authentically? And when you have, you know, that different approach, then um, the whole process is different and the whole outcome is different. Um, and it took me time to explore this and to uh, make this switch because, you know, all you, all you listening that is in the academic world and you spend years and years and years being told that that's the right, that there is a right way and that's the right way. And, um, 
and you know you have to the composition and all these things like you're you have all these rules and and you spend years years um since i was a child when i first started painting and going to all different art schools because i i went to a ton of different art schools my life in my lifetime but um you know i think that's why I went, you know, going back to when I said becoming a painter, I felt like I was becoming a painter for the first time again, because it was, it was all new to me. When you're talking there, what comes to mind is that you almost had to put in, say, people talk about 10,000 hours to become a master at something. It's as if you had to put them hours in to, to have your craft. So now what you're doing you're kind of doing it automatically. And once you've now in that place of trust and flow, then you've built up the skill set to allow that to come through. And I wonder whether that would happen for people, you know, how well would that happen for people if they didn't have that experience behind them? It's a bit like listening to say Paul McCartney when he would talk that, about, you know, writing songs, you know, he was a master at that, but then sometimes he would just wake up in the morning and he had a dream about, I think it was Hey Jude or some other songs. And he came to said that that information came to him from his mother was speaking to him beyond, you know, beyond the grave. And, um, but yeah, like it just sounds to me like it's about, you know, you have to develop that craft, but then, and then you can get, maybe get into that place of trust and allowing to sort of come through. Yeah, I, and and it's funny you refer to music because I always refer to music. Like even you know when I talk about artists like Beyonce, who's so famous, and you know she started out in church, right, at choir singing, and and so did many other famous singers, where they um, they spent hours and hours from childhood um, doing scales and um, singing at church, so um, and learning gospel, right. So I think. Um, it's similar to any, like you're saying, to any practice when, and, and with painting too, I think having the basics and learning, um, I was taught very, you know, old, the old school way where, uh, you know, I would go outside and have two, two easels set up, um, painting different, different plein air paintings and I was timed um, in the snow, in the rain, you know, I had to be able to paint in any, circumstance and um I would do five minute paintings to hour paintings and yeah like all of those that training but um it definitely I think that you know then at that point I was able to do these plein air paintings in my sleep and but it wasn't I think it reached a point where it wasn't satisfying for me yeah yeah it seems to be the case um for a lot of things and obviously like anything you just had to it was a time for you to go down a different path with your work one thing you touched on briefly before is about the healing quality of you actually doing the work I'd imagine now when you're doing it to do it from a place of kind of surrender and allowing the work to come through must feel much more much have much more healing quality for you as well as the people that are viewing it compared to say some of the things where you said you had to ice pack your ha your hands because <laughs> you know the energy of that would have been you know maybe a lot of, a lot of tension in that where maybe with what you're doing now that you know this lack of tension so it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on how it helps you with maybe overcoming some challenges or trauma in your life or work or anything mm -hmm. um yeah it'd be good to hear that yeah um i I think well, when you just said right now we're trauma, I think we all have, we all suffer on, on some degree, um, some 
much more than others. Um, and we've all had trauma to some degree as well. So I think, um, you know, being human, we're going to experience all these feelings of shame, sadness, joy, love, fear. Um, and what do we do with that? And where is that stored? And how can we um, transmute these emotions? Um, and I found that um, when I started working intuitively and more ab and, and abstract, um, a lot of the healing came within. Um, and I think we spend, we, you know, every day we spend a lot of time going outwards, right? Like we, we wake up, we reach for our phone, we're immediately, and so I don't think there's a lot of time during the day unless one meditates or one journals or, you know, that, that we spend time with our emotions and, and going within. So um, I think the, the painting for me allowed me that, that time and that sacred space so that I can go within and I think and when I first took that leap um it was like a you know open opening floodgates you know because you do that and then everything just comes out <laughs> so um I decided to uh try and um explore this by leading some workshops at different healing centers and spiritual centers. So I went to the San Francisco Spiritual Center and I worked with a group of, um, they're called angel workers. And I don't know if we have this in New York, but, um, or anywhere else, but they basically, um, someone partners up with an angel, an angel worker partners up with someone who's going through the, the dying process and, um, and just is there to, to be with them, guide them. And, um, and it, it was just, I, I mean, I thought, wow, like what a group of people that would, that would just volunteer to do something like that. And, um, so, uh, I, I, tr I started, you know, looking up a lot of um, different spiritual teachers and gurus who have um, written books and, and, you know, spent their lifetime on this. And I kind of put together a workshop along with um, what I call transformational art, which for me is about painting your fears and your past traumas and, um, and pain. And and it doesn't have to be so so deep either, you know, it could just be like, you know, okay, I had a pretty crappy day today and I want to just sit for five, five minutes and just explore and just paint. And, you know, so it doesn't have to be so deep either. But, um, but what was interesting was with this group of people and then I had also some surgeons and doctors in there, but, you know, the idea again was not to make something pretty or beautiful. It was just to be authentic and to be, to get in touch with um, what those fears are, which in that situation, it was the fear of death, um, which is something we all face in all humanity, no matter what race, religion, nationality, and connects all of us. And 
to, to, to pour that out. And, um, it was, it was amazing because I had these, you know, six year old men crying, um, tears, you know, working on this, but what was beautiful was in the end, everyone created something that was so beautiful. And I think they were surprised why it would be beautiful when it was such a deep fear. And, uh, you know, and we all talk about death as, you know, it's, it, and, they would, you know, you would think you'd paint something very dark and um, horrific, but it actually was really beautiful, and um, and it was it was really moving. Um, and so, taking that and 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 then um, working here at the Harlem Hospital in New York City with uh, children, I'm on the pediatrics floor, and um, I work with them, and we 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 paint. You know, we just, I just say to get in touch with our, our emotions and how we're feeling. Usually it's in the moment because children are more present. Um, so we, we go into that. And um, so I call that transformational art. And I think as adults, uh, we have buried a lot of our past traumas and emotions. And um, like I said before, we don't really spend the time daily to go within. So they're kind of all stored in there. So bringing it out to the surface and letting it come allows us to, I think, um, transform those, those emotions into, you know, love and joy and peace and yeah. That sounds amazing, the work you're doing. And I love the fact that it's not just, you know, with elder people, it's, you know, it's with children, because as you say, everyone walking on this planet is dealing with some level of trauma, whether it's childhood, ancestral work, you know, some people mm -hmm. would say past life work, you know, and I look, right. at the, look at this year, for instance, you know, there's been some major traumas been getting released um, through what yes. we've been going on. Um but to see the way you're applying it, because um, and and when you talked about it, it reminded me of Ram Das that because he would yeah he would spend a lot of time with people who were dying, and I think there's a real particularly in the West there's a real issue with people um, burying their head in the sand when it comes to death. It's almost like mm -hmm. they're that they're that scared of death. They almost don't live the life as as to the best of their ability because they're scared of they're scared of the the fear of stuff. Um, but yeah. without realizing it's coming to us all one day anyway, and it kind of feels yes. like, well, let's make the most of it while we're here, and you know, mm -hmm. push and face it, face yeah. it forward. And the more we could face it and confront that, um, because you know, I, there, there's there's studies and it's proven. I mean, most of the things we do every day, whether it's conscious or subconscious, is to avoid that day that is going to come. Um, so I think if we can face these fears, whether it's of death or of other things happening in our lives, um, then we could like your, to what you're saying, live, live more fully. Uh, and I, I know from my own experiences when I've done some of the inner work and, and like push through some blockages of stuff. Yeah. It's tough to go through because you don't want to face it ideally, but when you do and you face it, wow, you feel so good after it. Like you feel, you know, that, that phase of like, you know, you got a weight on your shoulders, like that to feel that weight lifted, you feel lighter, you feel more energized, you feel more creative. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's definitely a time for it. It's great to see how like you have a tinker term on your website called art is a force for healing. And you know, I mm-hmm. totally agree with that. I I, you know, I, I'm a designer as such, but I don't do enough kind of drawing and painting. I used to do a lot when mm-hmm. I was younger, but then I've gone mm-hmm. on a few kind of retreats. And one mm-hmm. of the days on the retreats would be for us to start painting and drawing. And I think I had some blockages around that thinking, oh, you know, am I going to be any good anymore? And I think when all kids draw and paint, they're not thinking, am I any good good at this? They're just doing it. But I think adults and and whether this is through the way we've been conditioned, most likely that, you know, everything has to be perfect. And if I'm not good at something, I'm not going to do it. So I think what you're talking about and the stuff you would have been doing with 60 year olds, you know, some of them, you know, may have never painted before, or if they did, it right. was when they were kids. So it's kind right. of, it's kind of getting over ourselves and just, yes. and, and just having pl- me more playful. Yes, no, absolutely. I think it's so funny because like all of these teachings you mentioned Ram Das too, it's like all of, a lot of these, you know, spiritual teachers and, and it's like, to go back to how we were as children and to think of how, how it was when we were children, you know, it's, it's like, we're, we're just trying to unlearn everything. <laughs> and because, you know, it's amazing when I'm, when I'm in the hospital room sometimes with these, with these kids and they could be sitting there with, you know, their leg all, you know, to up in the air, you know, they can't move it, can't move their arm or they can't breathe because they have asthma and like all this stuff. And it doesn't even, I mean, they're not talking, they never talk about their pain. They're not talking about, you know, their situation. They're just like, I want to watch the show or I want to do this, or they're drawing and they're like, all right, I'm bored. I want to play now. You know, they're, they're not there. It's, it's just amazing. Um, and I think, you know, I learned so much being around them and being around their energy. And, um, I remember this one boy, um, you know, maybe five and he just, he was, he was painting and, I mean, I get a lot of really talented, talented kids, um, but he was talented, but he was also, I felt like, wow, he must have been a painter in his past life or something because he was just so comfortable uh, working. And then he would spend a minute, a minute and a half on a, on a little, when we work in watercolors, so everything's, you know, it dries quickly and, and he just would do one painting and then move to the next painting, to the next painting. I mean, he must've done like 20 you know, paintings in an hour, you know, or less, I don't even remember, but it was like he, the way he would just finish a painting, move on to the next and be so confident that he was done, you know, which is something that I think a lot of artists, uh, you know, we, we contemplate all the time. And when are we done? Are we not done? And we spend like hours just thinking if we're done or not. And, and he's just like, yeah, I'm done next, next paper. And, you know, cover fills it up you know, and is just so sure of his marks. And I mean, I just, I really commend him, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's interesting. And I always think, like, I've just become a father for the first time. And, oh, congrats. Uh, thank you. Um, it's like the best time and also the most challenging time in my life. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I always think, like, um, like I, I want to, I think I'm going to learn more from her than she can learn mm-hmm. from me. And, I, and yeah. rather and rather than them growing up to become adults, it's it's about us looking at kids and remembering what did we used to love to do, and mm-hmm. and and have we have we gone off course in our life, 
you know mm-hmm. what what job are we doing that we don't enjoy what what career mm-hmm. path have we gone down because we got told that we needed to get a job to pay the bills and do all these things and and then we end up you know going so I think it's about remembering what it felt like to be a kid as you said and us yeah. us, us learning more from them and and what I love it when I, I we've obviously we've got our daughter now but I would go around to my nieces and nephews and when we would all be there I would spend more time with the kids like I would mm-hmm. be playing mm-hmm. Lego with them. I would be running around the back garden with them and, you know, doing all sorts of stuff. I find I have more fun with them than just start being stood there chatting to adults. I understand and, that. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. So, um, yeah, it's something I'm, I'm taking on board and, um, with, with our daughter growing up and I'm just looking forward to playing with her a lot. Um, but mm-hmm. so one thing I'm interested in hearing about because you do a lot of work with tarot cards as well and reading. So mm-hmm. I'd like to hear how that um, ties in with your art and some of the sort of um, the lessons that you kind of get from that because I've got a, a few sets. I've got um, a, a few that I use and they come, they, it's amazing how, the me- you know, if you're just thinking about it from a rational mind, you're thinking, oh, how can this, you know, you know, how can any of this help? Or, but when you sort of uh, just allow stuff and, and allow the magic to unfold, because the great thing about a pack of cards, you haven't got a clue which one you're turning over. And when I do it, it's, I just trust this is the one for me today. You know, this mm-hmm. this is the exact mm-hmm. message. So, I've yeah, I'd just like to hear your process with it, how it ties in with your art. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was introduced to tarot about six years ago. Um, I have a lot of reading, reader friends, intuitive readers, and all sorts of energy healers. And, um, and I, I think I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was about, I think it was about six years ago where I wanted to learn tarot myself. Um, and so, of course, I started with the Rider deck, and I actually, sorry, I started with the Mother Peace cards. It's the ones that my shaman uh, has been using for forty plus years. So I, I started with those cards that are round, um, and then from there, then I learned about the Rider deck, and then um, I think, and like you said, I would you know, pull cards for myself here and there and find those days where I get the same damn card like five times, <laughs> you know, and you're like, how can I get the same card five times in one day? It's like, that must be telling. In the end, it's like, why do I keep pulling it? You know, one should be enough, but um, it's interesting. Um, but I, I, you know, after learning about it and I started practicing um, and my friends would then start asking me, can you do, you know, I have some questions and I'd start, you know, doing little readings for them. Um, then I, once I started working with the writer, I think I, I felt like the images were a bit outdated and I felt like they needed a little update and to contemporary times and to, and today's world. And, um, so I thought to myself, well, I think it started with, um, I'm trying to remember which was the first, first major arcana card that I translated. It was, um, might've been the world, but anyway, I started with one and I, I wanted to be authentic to the card. So I only painted that card when I felt like I was experiencing it. So it, the whole series took a year to create. 
So I took all the major arcanas and I ended up, you know, uh, translating them into my own versions onto canvas. And they were all like five feet to 10 feet paintings. So they're quite large. Um, and again, I would only paint them if I felt like I was experiencing that card. And then in the end, I, I had a, a solo exhibit on these major arcana cards. And it was amazing to have them all in one room. I ended up having a tarot reader come and um, I did a little talk on the cards before, but it was amazing also to see how some of it wasn't my style. Like it was interesting. Like if you saw the painting, you wouldn't have thought it was me that painted it. But I think I was just channeling, like I was saying, the energy of the card. So it wasn't so much about me and my style. It was like the energy of what the card means. And um, yeah, like it, it, it was, it was so much more than just myself and my style. It was, it was, uh, um, I'm, I'm not thinking of the right word right now, but um, it was it was so much bigger than me. So, um, but it was really interesting to paint them. And then I found that after I painted it, I was like, well, I think I would have done it differently. And I think if I had, if I did them more than once, I would have had completely different images, which is also interesting. Cause it's like, there isn't, it just shows you there's not like one way or one translation that, you know, I could have probably done a thousand different paintings on each on each image so um so i still have a few of these i think um it's hard to sell them because they're just so it takes me back to my own personal experience during when i painted that card um and i think the energy really is there because i have people connect with these cards and then they pull the card and they get the same card you know um I had a man who came to my studio and he was like, he was looking at my works and he, and I didn't tell him which one were part of the Arcana series and which one wasn't. And he gravitated towards the hermit and um, he kept going back to the hermit. And he was like, I love this painting. I don't know what it is, but I connect with it. And, and then we started talking about tarot and I said, why don't you pull, you know, pull a card. And, it, and he pulled the hermit and, and he ended up buying the painting, but it was like, you can't make it up, you know, you just can't. Yeah, absolutely. And that's nice to hear a bit more of a backstory about um, that process for you. Cause that must be a, that must be one of the beautiful things. If you've been an artist, the way you can, you, know, you can apply your skills to something that you're really interested in and, and moving that. And obviously one thing that's running through, I think it's like anything, you know, life is energy, isn't it? And, and your work beyond the art, I understand that you do sound meditate, you're a sound meditation instructor as well. So it's, it's all intertwined, isn't it? And a Reiki, it's all Reiki master yeah. as well. Yeah. And actually the word just came to me now um, that I was trying to, I was trying, it was cosmic consciousness. So I think what I was tapping into when I was saying it was so much bigger than my, myself, it was, it was the cosmic consciousness. I, I believe that it was um, what I was tapping into when I was creating because a lot of it was really not my style. Um, so I think I, I must have been cha channeling something more uh, just just out of myself. And then we talk about the channeling then because we, we spoke about it briefly before one of um, we've both seen the exhibition, the Hilma af Klint exhibition, the Swedish artist that um, she was around in the 20, early 20th century and some of the work is amazing I'll put a link to mm -hmm. it in the show notes so people can check it out I 
almost very serendipitous. Like just, we were in Sweden, we were in Stockholm. We just went to the gallery, didn't realize that exhibition had just started that day. Um, mm-hmm. Walking around and looking at work and just totally blown away. And, and she, um, I understand that she was part of it. maybe Rudolf Steiner or there was yes. some kind of um, yeah. c- connection there. And there was her and three other uh, female artists. Other female artists, exactly. And they were all there. And what's interesting is you didn't hear about them because at the time it was about male artists, mm. you know? So you, a lot of these women artists went under the carpet. You just didn't hear about them. But um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing that this has been around for centuries and, um, you know, she would be also translate, paint her dreams, I know. Um, and what's so interesting is similar to you, um, I was taken to the exhibit by a friend as well. She said, oh, Michelle, I think you'll, you'll, you have to come with me. I think you're going to like this exhibit. And so I didn't even know about it. And I always say the art finds you. So I, I think I was meant to see that exhibition. And the funny thing about it was that I walked around and I just looked at her titles and I have, you know, I've used, I've, I have the same titles in all in my works. I mean, I went around and I, I was like, oh, I ha- I've named that, you know, two years ago, I've, I've painted a painting with that title and just, it was, you know, it was really interesting um, because I don't think that anything we're doing is really new. Um, I think the human experience is a human experience, whether it's now or from the 1700s, you know, or whatever. So um, I think we have a little bit different surrounding. And of course there are some new diseases now out there and um, you know, other, you know, uh, material things, but the actual, I think that the pain and the suffering and what we experience being human, the duality between the light and the dark has been here from, you know, life began. So um, I think I can take my, teachings and my experiences and translate them to my own footprint but it's it's nothing that's really new yeah no um well your work is beautiful so i'll be sure to include links to that as well thank you um, when i share the interview um yeah we touched on um the sound meditation do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so i spent some time at the chopra center a couple years ago um and I got my certification in primordial sound meditation. Um, I also uh, learned a bit about Ayurveda and um, what else? Um, I, I, I took so many courses there, but um, it was, I mean, for me, the meditation is, is definitely uh, uh, crucial to myself and my my and then my creativity but I, you know there's all all types of uh meditation out there this is i don't know how deep you want me to go into the actual primordial sound but um it, it basically reflects back to the sound uh the earth the universe you know the earth um had when when you came into manifest so um depending on the time of birth the location um and where the sun and the moon you know all of that was um there's a particular sound that um is different for for each of us um and that meditation is particular to that specific sound so um i just thought it was interesting so um 
I, I, I wanted to learn about it, but I try to incorporate everything. Same with Reiki. I, I, I do Reiki my art um, and myself and others. So um, that's all part of, part of me and my work. Um, and I think um, getting in touch with that, you know, with the, whatever you want to call it, the chi, the prana, life force within us and, and um, create, and I, you know, use that as my fuel to, to work. Um, and so I just try to, you know, always make sure, uh, we'll make sure sounds like, <laughs> but I, I, I try to just connect and, um, um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and translate and work from there, really. So with the sound meditation, um, if someone was listening to this and they want to find out what the one is specific to them, how, how would they go about that? Uh, the, I'm sorry, the sound? So, so the sound meditation. So if someone who's listening to this yes. is is interested in finding out what, what the specific unique one would have been from their time of birth, Yes. How do they go about finding out what that is? Do they need to work with a practitioner? Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. 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 I believe so. I don't think, um, I don't, I'm not sure if it's like those um, astrology uh, charts where you can just type in your day birth and it pops out. I think, I think you do have to speak to a practitioner and I'm happy you could, you know, feel free to reach out to me for all of you out there that would like the more information. Um you can reach out to me. No, it's interesting because I'm just thinking about my daughter and I would love to know oh, right. yes. what um, yeah. what would be the, you you know, the, her, her unique kind of sound. And um, and then of course myself as well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Anything like that, I'm always interested in exploring it because I think there's, there's so much to, yeah, once you start to scratch under the surface of stuff and you start to realize how amazing life truly is. Yeah. Um, and you know you're just like blown away by some of the things that come through and the information like you're saying you know we, like what I can relate to as well with what you're saying about the way you work mm-hmm. when you let go and you allow something to come through um, you're so amazed with what you've created like I remember going mm-hmm. back to art college and I had this one day where I created it always pops in my head I, I didn't know what I was going to do at the beginning of the day the tutor just said to me, here you go. Here's an easel. Here's a thing. You're going to work with, um, it was like tissue paper art. And I just had, and it was amazing what I did in a day. And I couldn't believe that I'd done it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think often we can really surprise ourselves with when mm-hmm. we just, we, we do something new and, and we don't mm-hmm. think it has to turn out a particular way. And I think that's kind of a bit of a theme that's come through what you're doing or what you're doing. And um yeah, it's just it's just allowing it to, the magic to come through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm interested. What I like to hear about because I talked to some people who you know in different you know in in business and art and who work in all sorts of different organisations. Do you um do you have a kind of set way of working? Do you have a set routine to get you in the right mindset? Do you have a morning routine that you follow? Um, or do you quite just fluid and just go with the flow? 
Um, so in terms of the painting, it's, it's, there isn't a routine really. I think, um, I find myself as like the true artist where I end up cramming before a show or, um, you know, sometimes in my studio late or sometimes I don't create for a week or so, you know, it's like, I, I don't have a routine in terms of my my creative part but I do um you know have my routines of um you know the first thing I like to do is meditate in bed um so I like to get in touch with that space and be in that space and then um have several breaths throughout the day and um and then before I before I create as well I have a whole you know I I burn um I have these Japanese incense that I like to have burning while I'm painting. Um, and sometimes I have like Palo Santo going and other things. And, um, and then when I finish, I have a, a little uh, um, ceremony as well when I'm done working. And then before I, you know, my paintings leave my studio. So if they're sold or going on to shows, I always cleanse and sage and, um, do these things the work yeah I, th I believe it's it's you know these paintings hold energy and um, I always want you know my intention is that it brings light and love into people's homes and I think it's so important what we ha what we have surrounding us especially you know in our homes where we spend so much time and um, so having these pieces on the walls you know I want my clients to not only like them but love them and feel good with them. And, um, and so I think, you know, I, I trust that also the, the clients that are drawn to my work are, are that we do have this connection. And I always say I can put all my clients into a room and I think they'd become best friends because there is this like similar thread with everyone. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting how that, how that all ties together. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, one thing I like to ask all my guests is a kind of a question that I kind of, as well as I come to the end of it, is um, so obviously you're doing good in the world, particularly what you've been doing, with, obviously with your art, but I really love the way you've been helping school kids, uh, sorry, children in hospitals and older people and stuff getting in tune with the, you know, traumatic times of life to help to release that. Um, but what would you say to someone who's listening to this that wants to go out and do their own bit of good in the world? Um, oh, <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty broad question, but, um, I think if we can start with ourselves, um, and, and, you know, I, I, I say, I, I mean, I believe that we're all here to, um, transform our emotions. And that's why I, I, I say transformational art, because I think the more we can transform our, fear, sadness, shame, anger, those emotions back to love and, and peace, I think we're bringing more light into the world. So um, if that means doing the work of when we're, when we're angry and in those states to, to breathe and to, uh, whether it's to write down um, what it is, whatever it is to, that helps us trans, transmute those feelings, I think is what we can because if we are, if we're in that space of, of light and joy, 
then you illuminate that. And the person you're with and who you're the strangers you encounter will connect with that and will feel that. So the more light I think that we could all bring in together um, is, and I don't, I don't think we necessarily have to do something, which is, it's great if we can help, you know, an elderly or, or actually, you know, get, donate to charity. I mean, th those are all great things and wonderful things, but I also think, I think the, that is the hard work is to, um, is to transform those feelings so that we can all evolve and, um, and evolve for the better, hopefully, and then we can move into that direction of, of bringing more light into the world. That sounds like a great response. Um, yeah, I'm completely on board with all of that um, and support that. One of the things like, you know, the reason I did set this podcast up is because I think there's so much good happening in the world. But if you turn on the news, you put on the TV, you listen yes. to the radio, then you I just, don't, I don't watch the news. <laughs> no, me neither. You, you know, but if you were to, you, you just get bombarded with negativity and um, yeah. same with social media as well. I think a lot of people, yeah who um, you can see people's unresolved trauma just coming out in all the stuff that they're saying. And instead of actually getting angry and triggered by stuff, it's, it's almost you're asking yourself, well, why am I feeling the way I am about it? Absolutely. Rather than get angry and negative and attack stuff. Um, that just came to me anyway. I know it's, it's sort of Absolutely. ties it. I, I, um, I actually, it's, I spent a year um, putting together a book that I just, that I created um, called Awakening. Um, and it's, I, I spent, you know, in my studio when I'm working, I have these thoughts that come to me. Um, and so I just jot them down. And so at the, about, I don't know, I think I have about 200 paintings in the book um so i kind of did a compilation of, of books with with these quotes that i've come to and created this book so uh for all of you out there that that want a little bit more insight into the, the thoughts that's happening in my studio and and my work um feel free to go on my website michellesakai.com yeah, I'll be sure to include links to that. Well, it's been really nice chatting with you Thank today, you. Michelle. I think before we go, for the ones that will be watching this, can you just show the little New York skyline again to yes. um, to, to yes. people? Um, yeah, so here is New York City. I'm right here on the Upper East Side. So you can see this is looking east. Oh. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Really cool. Um, Thank you so much for having me. It was really wonderful chatting with you. No, no, I've been listening out there. Yeah, it's been great. Um... Mm -hmm.